0: Another week, another winning. Oh yeah, it happened again. Happened again on Sunday when I posted one of my lineups on the Patreon.com/slash/FantasyIntervention. Once again, that's Patreon.com/slash/FantasyIntervention. And guess what? If you played that lineup in cash, if you played it even in tournaments, you won money. And you can ask Kenny, ask Kenny Guerra, as part of fantasy football discussion. Because I know for a fact he played that lineup and he won money because he played in the same damn tournament that I did. Damn you, Kenny. Really? No, it's all good, man. I put those lineups out there so that you guys can see where I'm going, the direction that I'm heading, and you guys can have a base lineup. Because if you guys actually started that lineup that I did and then you altered it in certain ways, for example, maybe inserting AJ Brown in that lineup, and then upgrading from Ian Thomas to somebody else, you probably won more money than I did. But I still gave you that solid base, right? We talked about Chris Conley. We talked about DJ Moore. We talked about Chris Carson. God, just pure sexiness. And the fact that, oh, don't forget, Russell Wilson had such low ownership and still finished up as one of the top quarterback options this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could have won some serious money. And if you listen to my podcast on Saturday, I hit on multiple different things there as well. It was a quick one, but I still hit on everything. And we have another DFS episode today where I'm going to go through the people that I like, the people that I don't like. We're going to build up a cocktail. Oh, yeah, we're going to Vesper today, by the way. So get excited for that. But after I get done with this episode, I'm going to go on to patreon.com slash fantasyintervention and I'm going to post three different lineups. I'm gonna post one that's safe, that you can play in cash games and potentially tournaments, but it's more towards cash. And then I'm gonna play one of my boomer bust tournaments or one of my boomer bust lineups for tournaments that could end up winning you big time money. You know, you could end up busting all over the place, but at least you have a solid base, you know who I like. And then I'm gonna play a contrarian lineup because you can never, you can't always go where you think it's going to happen because hey, you gotta zig when everybody else zags, right? Low ownership, tougher matchups, etc. But I'm going to put three of those lineups up on patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. And by the way, I've had a streak going now of what? Four different lineups that have won you money? Yeah. Four different lineups that have won you money over the past four opportunities to play DFS since I created the Patreon account. I'm winning money for you guys left and right. And you know how much it costs you to sign up for Patreon? Two dollars. Not only that, but you have a direct connection to me and I'll answer every single question that you have. And we're not stopping there. We're not gonna stop after the regular season ends. We're not stopping after the playoffs end. We're gonna keep going. I'm gonna give you guys dynasty content. I'm gonna give you guys takes on different positions and how positions are affected by signings and by drafts and by coaches. We're gonna talk about all that stuff, guys. And I'm going to do specialty episodes for Patreon throughout the whole entire year. It does not stop for me. I'm going to keep going. So go on to patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. It costs you $2 a month. $2 a month. That's it. Patreon.com slash fantasyintervention and sign up for our $2 a month thing. If you want to sign up for the $5 one, just show me a little bit of appreci- appreciation, especially if you win some extra cash, like I know Kenny did this past week, because I wanted to. then feel free to. But the only one that I'm asking you to do, the one that you can still see the lineup with for now, is going to be that $2 sign-up fee. That's it. Two bucks a month. Patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. And before I get into DFS, before I do... I hear a lot of people talking about the NFC East, right? And I'm a Redskins fan, so you could sit there and say that I'm a, it's a homer opinion, but I don't want to win. I want us to lose. I was really nervous this past week because I thought we might actually beat the Eagles, and I did not want that to happen because I want the number two overall pick. Man, my heart was beating. I was like, shit, we're going to end up beating them. It's going to bump us back to like fifth or eighth overall pick. That's going to suck. But we pulled through, and we lost like I, I hoped we would. Anyways, this conversation is going to come up because I believe now – two times in the past, what, 15 years, there's been a losing team or team that should not have made it into the playoffs that still make it into the playoffs. And everybody's like, oh, we need to change it. We need to do it by conferences, or we just need to do it by overall records and set up the tournament that way. And you know, that's never going to fucking happen. Wake the fuck up. The NFL is stoked right now. They are so stoked because you have teams Multiple different teams that are still fighting for a wild card race, right? Or a wild card spot. They're in the race for the wild card. You have multiple different teams that are fighting. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, who would actually be out of the playoff race technically, right? They wouldn't have a chance. Maybe the Cowboys, if they won out and the other teams lost out, right? Maybe they might have a chance. But instead, they have two extra teams, two extra teams that can still make it in, that would not have a following at all. They would have zero following from those two fan bases by this point. Or maybe the Cowboys, because Cowboys like to bitch about everything. But still, either way, you'd have zero following. Instead, they have two full fan bases that are fully engaged, along with all those other teams that are in the race for the wild card, still in it and still paying attention. Meanwhile, the teams that are slightly out, They want to see spoilers, right? They want to see themselves upset their division rivals. So they're still in the games as well. They're still watching the games. There is no way that the NFL would ever consider getting rid of divisions. They make too much money off it. There's no fucking way. So can I please, please stop hearing about that? I can't even turn on the TV without hearing about it. It sucks. We know, we know there's a fall in the system, but it's really not a flaw. The NFL is benefiting off that, and they're never going to change it. Get over it. Now, whew, with that being said, guys, we have a juicy, juicy, juicy DFS lineup for tonight, right? So excited for this. We've got the Saints. We've got the Colts. Too bad defense is up against the pass. Two good defenses up against the run, but hey, there's plays everywhere. And that's why we went with the Vesper today. The Vesper, which is two ounces of gin, one ounce of vodka, and of course, you have to have a lulette. That's going to be a half ounce. It's an aperitif, balances out the cocktail, and then of course, you hit it with a lemon twist. Not on the rocks, you serve it up. It's supposed to be just like a martini. It's a gin martini with vodka, and it's not something that I drink, but it just made sense for this episode. I mean, I'll have it from time to time, don't get me wrong, but still. I normally use a botanical gin, so I get a little bit more flavor if I do use it, but yeah, some people like their Old Tom. some people like their London Dry's. I like the botanical for the Vesper, that's just my personal opinion, and it's probably an unpopular opinion, but that's what I use. Now, Obviously, when we have the gin, that's going to be the majority. That's going to be the bulk of the players that I play in my lineups. All right. That's that's where you're grabbing it by the balls, right? That is the bulk. Oh, and by the way, don't shake my Vesper. I'm not James Bond. I don't want it diluted. Stir it, please. But anyways, that's going to be the bulk of the players that I'm going to be playing, like I said. And we're going to start it out. We're going to start it out with, of course, the man, the number one owned player in this lineup, most likely tonight. Maybe one or two because it's going to be between one of the two guys that I mentioned, but Drew Brees. The Colts have allowed all but four quarterbacks to get 17-plus points against them. And the four that did not were Mariota, Flacco, Rudolph, and Fitzpatrick. That's pretty good company, right? No, it fucking sucks. Everybody goes off against them. Monster games left and right. I mean, I'm telling you, Drew Brees tonight could be insane. I do believe that they already have the first-round bye locked up, but they are fighting for home field advantage in the conference finals. We already talked about how bad the Colts have been in that secondary, but they are beat the fuck up. They're beat up. They got no chance. Desir, hamstring injury. He could be questionable. More, that slot cornerback, is going to be out. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The New Orleans Saints. They love to slide their receivers around everywhere. This actually made it really, really difficult for me to actually track their wide receivers with their matchups. I mean, it became almost impossible. But still, like I was sitting there and I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, Ted Gann. Yeah, he plays the slot probably the most. They probably slide Trey Quinn outside. But no, Trey Quinn actually has more slot snaps. And I'm looking at him like, wait, Michael Thomas, he has the most amount of slot snaps. Like it's so confusing where they're going to line up their players. God, the Colts who are going to be playing backup cornerbacks, are going to get annihilated by the wide receivers this week. Absolutely annihilated. I feel bad for them. But Drew Brees, you're going to have to start because Drew Brees, although he does t- target Michael Thomas the most, he still spreads it around to Jared Cook, to Adam Kamara, to Traquan Smith, to Ted Ginn. I mean, he spreads the ball around everywhere outside of Michael Thomas. So he's going to get the attempts. Most likely, this could end up in a shootout. I'm going to be starting Drew Brees, not in the bonus slots in tournaments. Maybe in cash, I'll start him in the in the in the bonus spot. But in tournaments, you can't do it because you know that a ton of people are going to be starting either Michael Thomas, we're going to talk about next, or Drew Brees in the bonus slots. That's probably going to take up close to 70 percent. And although they're likely to finish up as the top guy, if you're playing in tournaments, you're hoping that these top guys fall out and bomb. So that way you can end up making the money. Don't forget about what happened with Lamar Jackson this past week and Mark Ingram this past week. Everybody played him. Everybody played Lamar Jackson the bonus. There were over 650 people. I think it was close to 700 people that had to split up a pot of like five grand. They all ended up with like 29 bucks or something ridiculous, whatever it was. You can listen to my Saturday episode. I talked about it on there. All right, you cannot play the chalk if you're in tournaments. You're not gonna win significant amount of money. You play the cash ones with the chalk, and then you just add additional guys here or there. But Drew Brees for me is definitely gonna be an option, but I'm gonna be having him in just a regular spot, not a bonus spot, just so I can keep up with all the other lineups in that tournament. And then Michael Thomas, who we just talked about. Seer could be out, and Rocky Sin has not been good. I haven't been able to tell who's gonna cover who because Rocky Sin, they were doing man-to-man coverage, And then they kept on getting burned with man-to-man coverage, so they switched over to zone, and then they didn't really like the way that zone was feeling, so they went back to -to man-to-man coverage. Now they're going back to zone, and they're injured, and we we don't know who's going to be starting, and they're moving their safety down to slot cornerback, and oh my God, my head's going to fucking explode. I literally called up two of my Colts friends to see if they could track the game to tell me what's going to happen, and they were like, literally, they were in the same exact boat that I was in because they have no idea how they're going to match up, especially, especially if is out. Now, two weeks ago, Michael Thomas ended up having a season low in yards and snaps. He bounced back last week up against San Francisco, which we expected. 11 receptions for 134 yards and one touchdown. Indianapolis is 23rd up against wide receivers. Man, that slot position could go insane. Last week, they moved Roland Milligan into that safety slot. So I kind of expected to do the same thing, but... Roland Milligan is not good. He's extremely, extremely slow. He's undrafted out of Toledo. He's 5'10", 200 pounds, run a 4'6", 340. A 4'6", 340. Three, That's it. I don't know why they're putting him there. They'd be way better off with Quincy Wilson, who has a way better athletic profile. He's a superior option. Obviously, health concerns have hampered his development, so I can understand that. I can understand how you do not want to go that route, but still, still. He's 6'1", 211 pounds. He's got great agility, and he runs a four-five-four forty. That's way better to match up in the slot position. But obviously, there's some reason why they want Roland Milligan in there. We'll see if that changes up this week. But if he's in there, dude, Michael Thomas is going to go ham. He's going to go ham. So is Traquan Smith. But still, we'll be we'll get to that in one second, because he's not going to be part of the gym for me. He's not going to be part of the main crop. He's going to be part of the next crop, but we'll get to it. We'll get there. We'll get to it. On to my favorite guy, and this is actually my favorite bonus play this week. T.Y. Hilton, who was spotted back at practice, he's still questionable. I know it's going to be tough to play T.Y. Hilton. He's definitely going to be on a snap count, and he's been dealing with injuries all year, but that's what he does. He comes in, he scores like two touchdowns, and he leaves. He, he just does it every single time. If he can play the whole entire game on a limited snap count, I'd like that a lot more because in the plays that he comes in, they're going to be designed for him. And Frank Wright, we're going to talk about this multiple times, he is not happy with the yards per target when it comes to downfield throwing. Jacoby Reset, he's been very, very safe with the football, but he needs to project and, and throw more downfield, although we understand why, it's because he hasn't had very many you know receivers this entire year paris campbell's been out ty hilton's been out charles rogers injury reserve it's been brutal for him zach pascal is the number one wide receiver he should not be the number one wide receiver this undrafted guy marcus johnson is their number two wide receiver he shouldn't be the number two wide receiver although i do like him and we'll get to him as well but ty hilton coming back in right no Eric Ebron take up the middle of the field. This could be the perfect, perfect game to go with T.Y. Hilton up against P.J. Williams. And if you listen to this podcast, you know how much I love P.J. Williams when it comes to getting beat. He gets beat constantly. If you look at all the wide receivers, right, who have gone up against P.J. Williams, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's slot wide receiver after slot wide receiver after slot wide receiver. And even with LaShawn, or I'm sorry, Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, if he does C.T.Y. Hilton, which I think they're going to try and move him away from him, either way, Marshawn Lattimore actually struggles. He kind of struggles up against these shifty slot receivers when they are put on the outside, as long as they have some speed on them. Look at it. Cooper Cup, Godwin two times, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Emmanuel Sanders, and Ebo Salmon both went off. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders went hard as a motherfucker, and he was facing... A little bit of mix of Marshawn Lattimore, PJ Williams, and of course, Eli Apple. I think Eli Apple was a primary guy in coverage on him, and it was ugly. It was absolutely ugly, but still. You see these speedy guys, these quick, twitchy guys that have some boosters on them, people just like T.Y. Hilton, and they go off. I love T.Y. Hilton this week. He's going to be my number one owned in the bonus, I believe. At least in tournament lineups, not in cash. Now, On to my last guy in that gen category, that main category, and that's going to be Jacoby Brissett, the guy that's throwing T.Y. Hilton the ball. Listen, the Saints have allowed monster, monster games to quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that can make moves inside that pocket that are a little bit shiftier. And Jacoby Brissett has actually been one of the best. I mean, all you have to do is go look up that game up against uh, Denver where he escaped Von Miller. And then hit T.Y. Hilton for that touchdown. For that tutty. It was sick, man. He's just great at avoiding the rush. He takes care of the ball. He's very aware of the pocket presence. Jacoby Brissett could give New Orleans Saints fits this week. Absolute fits. It's going to be fun to watch. I think this is going to be a huge, huge shootout like like I talked about earlier. Now, like I talked about. Frank Wright has not liked his yards per attempt. He wants to see more downfield throws. He wants to see it kind of spreading out the offense. So that's why I like T.Y. Hilton like we talked about. But Jacoby Brissett could be in line for some big, big plays this week depending on the play calling of that offense. I really like Jacoby Brissett. I think that he's a must start in a lot of different lineups. I think that you can actually play him in your bonus as well. He's going to be owned in a lot of bonus lineups, but I think it's going to be more dominated by Michael Thomas and by uh, Drew Brees. So Jacob Brissett could actually be a play and a bonus in a few different tournaments. I mean, I wouldn't make him in every single one, especially if it's a lineup that looks like everybody else could be using him. But still, it's potential. Now we're going to move on to the vodka section, right? We're going to move on to the vodka, which is... Kind of trash for me. I mean, I'd rather just have a Jim Martini, personally. But it's one ounce of vodka, so we're going to talk about the guys that you sprinkle in. And there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them in this section. So, for me, first one I'm going to start out with, just because I was so enamored with how the secondary for the Colts are going to handle their their shit, I went with Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith as, like, a package. Because of the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. Like, Traquan Smith has out-snapped... Ted Ginn by a significant amount, almost like eight snaps a game or something along those lines. Oh, since the bye, that is. But Ted Ginn has run 133 routes compared to Traquan Smith's 140. So only seven routes run less, although he's getting out snapped by a tremendous amount. He also has, Ted Ginn, that is, has 19 targets compared to Traquan Smith's 12 targets. Ted Ginn, eight receptions. Traquan Smith, six receptions. Now, Traquan Smith does have two touchdowns compared to Ted Ginn's only one touchdown, but it's tough to tell, like, what's going to happen in this game. I think that Traquan Smith is getting a lot more opportunities because Ted Ginn is actually leading the league in drops. So Traquan Smith, although he's being used on more run plays, in my opinion, obviously because he's running just slightly more routes than what Ted Ginn is doing on significantly more snaps, but still. I think they're trying to develop Traquan Smith. I think they're starting to trust him a little more. Ted Ginn, who's been dropping the ball, might be losing a little bit of trust. Either way, I think that you do have to sprinkle either one of these guys in, because I don't love either one of these guys. I couldn't tell which one is going to you know, be up against Rocky Asin. I don't know who's going to be up against Desir. If Quincy Wilson ends up taking over, like, I don't know what's going to end up happening with the secondary. It's almost impossible to tell. And they might be doing that on purpose to an extent. That, Or they're just trying to get used to their, their injuries that are happening in the secondary. But either way, either way, I think that both these guys are viable, but probably not in the same lineup. You could take a shot with it, but you know that Michael Thomas is going to be seeing targets even with double coverage. Right? Like if Rakisen has the underneath and he's covered over top by Malik Hooker, he'll just go up and get the ball. Either way though, I do like Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn Jr. Cuz they do both see the slot and they should see some opportunity this week. Up to my next guy, Marcus Johnson. And Marcus Johnson, when I looked him up the other day, because I didn't really know who he was, I looked him up and I was actually pretty impressed. Like he's 6'1, he weighs 204 pounds, he runs a 44440, 4'4", which is really solid for a guy that big. And he ended up taking Two big catches, one of them to the house. He had a 50-yard reception, a 46-yard reception, three receptions total for over 100 yards. Now, that scares me a little bit because that's more yards than he's had the entire rest of the season. Like, I believe he had 105 yards or 106 yards. He only has 102 on the season. So it does make me a little nervous, but I'm going to be playing him in a handful of things, even if T.Y. Hilton plays. Because the Colts last week completely, completely backed off of two tight end sets they were running way more three wide receiver sets than they've ever run which is weird because they're so hurt when it comes to wide receiver but it shows what happens in a shootout and if you think this game is going to end up turning into a shootout then I think you have to play Marcus Johnson in a few different lineups now if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play then that could mean more opportunity for him but obviously tougher matchups here and there either way I do like Marcus Johnson in quite a few different lineups this week Especially, by the way, especially if you end up playing Jacoby Brissett in that bonus position. Because if you do that, he's going to have to throw to somebody. T.Y. Hilton is going to be one person you might play, maybe Jack Doyle for another. But he's going to be spreading the ball around. You have to believe that he's going to throw for at least four touchdowns if you're going to put him in the bonus slot this week. Or at least run for one as well. Now, my next guy. Marlon Mack. Man. This was a tough one for me because he actually got out snapped by Naheem Hines last week. He did get a touchdown up against Tampa Bay, tough run defense, didn't do too hot, but first game back from a broken hand, shaking off a little bit of rust. I like Marlon Mack this week. I know the Saints have been good. I know they've been good up against running backs, but they've been primarily good up against bad running backs. Uh, almost every other above average running back outside of one guy, I can't remember who that was, dude, they put up points against him, man. No, it was Chris Carson. I have it here in my notes. See, that's why I write stuff down. That's why I write stuff down because I forget. Everybody outside of Chris Carson that's an above-average running back put up double-digit points on him. Now, Marlon Mack, who saw, or he's seen three red zone attempts per game, which is pretty solid overall. That's what I want to see from my primary running back. And he's seen over 20 carries per game. Could end up having a very solid game up against the New Orleans Saints. They might try and keep Drew Brees off the field, and they might try and run the ball a lot more, setting up play-action fakes, especially for T.Y. Hilton. So Marlon Mack is a play for me. I don't know about the bonus slot, but I do think that I will be playing Marlon Mack in quite a few different lineups. On to my next guy. Well, wait, 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 wait. I would not play him in as many lineups in DraftKings because DraftKings is full point PPR. I forgot about that. DraftKings is full point PPR, and he's not getting that many targets per game, especially having a broken hand. I'm not playing him in DraftKings in nearly as many lineups as I'm playing him in FanDuel lineups. So back off a little bit on DraftKings if you play DraftKings. And on to the next one. Look at us. We're going. We're flying through this. Hell yeah. Bentley's sleeping. Look at little puppy. Oh, yeah. Get excited for that. On to the next guy, though. And the Colts, so far this year, it's kind of crazy. They've primarily faced timeshare backfields, like almost the entire year. They've only had a couple opportunities at Bell Cows. Now, they've only allowed two running backs, double-digit fantasy points since the bye, and that was Derrick Henry and Royce Freeman. Now, Royce Freeman only put up 10.5 points, so that's obviously not impressive, but once again, we're talking about sharing the backfield with somebody else. And we know that the Saints share the backfield. Obviously, Alvin Kamara dominates the snaps. But, like, for example, last week, Latavius Murray outproduced him on less snaps. There's something going on with Alvin Kamara. He only put up 4.3 points the past week. And that's on 55 snaps. 55 snaps! He only put up 4.3 points. I know that they were trying to air the ball out more. I know it was a little bit of a shootout. But you would think that's where Alvin Kamara capitalizes off of, right? I mean That's what I think of. If I'm thinking a shootout, I'm thinking that Alvin Kamara has probably 15 plus points in a shootout. But no, there's something going on with Alvin Kamara since returning from that injury. He just has not been the same. And honestly, his efficiency has not been great all season. He's had a few games where he's been super efficient, but it's nothing compared to last year. It's completely tale of two stories. And Murray, who has produced Alvin Kamara, obviously last week, had some great Great weeks when Alvin Kamara went out hurt. He's not seeing enough touches to really dominate, and he's getting out snapped tremendously. He only had 26 snaps compared to Alvin Kamara's 55 snaps last week. Still did way more with them, but either way, I'm going to be playing these guys in a few lineups. But I don't love either guy. Now Alvin Kamara could completely put me to shame on this one because, like I said, they face primarily, you know, timeshare running back backfields. So maybe if Alvin Kamara can see 55 snaps again, maybe he does put up some points like Derrick Henry did. I mean, that's possible. That is completely, completely possible, which is why I think you have to play him. And I'm actually going to have him in a bonus spot in probably one lineup. I'll put him in a bonus in one. But I think I see more of a 15-point game or 10-point game in a game where I'm going to see other players in the 20s and potentially the 30s this week. So I don't want to be playing him in a ton of lineups. I'm maybe playing them in a few. It's going to be really tough to get like Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara in similar lineups because the guys that are over on the other side, on the Colts side, aren't cheap. Like you would end up having to go with like Traquan Smith or Ted Ginn and then play somebody even cheaper than that, like a Mo Ali Cox maybe, which we'll talk about in a second. It's going to be really tough to fit all those guys in your starting lineup. And I think that Alvin Kamara is going to be the odd man out when it comes to budgeting these lineups. Now, on to my next guy, and that's going to be Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle let you down last week. right? He let you down. He let me down. I predicted that he was going to have a good, solid week, especially if Jacoby Brissett did, and Jacoby Brissett did. But guess what? Jack Doyle did not. Either way, he still had six targets. He had six targets, and he had 11 targets the week before that. There's only been four tight ends all season to put up double-digit fantasy points, but they haven't really played the gauntlet of tight ends. They've had a pretty easy schedule when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. However, Disley, Charles Clay, Jaden Graham, uh, Graham, excuse me, and George Kittle. George Kittle, they all put up double-digit double fantasy points on the New Orleans Saints. Don't forget, Kiko Alonzo out, Von Bell is out. I think that Jack Doyle is a really, really safe play with upside there. You know, it's a little bit of a banged up receiving core. Man. I could see Jack Doyle having a pretty damn big game. I might even put him in a bonus. That's not something I normally do with tight ends that aren't named. Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, or Travis Kelsey. But I could see myself playing Jack Doyle. I mean, two in the past two weeks, Jaden Graham and George Kittle both put up those double-digit fantasy points. That would be sexy, man. Without Kiko and Von Bell. Woo! oh, Jack Doyle! Man. Jack Doyle's about to spoil you guys. Is that too cheesy? That was pretty cheesy. Anyways, next guy, right? Jared Cook. Jared Cook, over the past, or since the bye, I should say, I believe that's been five games, he's had 19 receptions for 355 yards. That's solid. He caught two touchdown passes the last, uh, this past week before going out with a concussion up against the San Francisco 49ers, who have a pretty damn good defense, although it didn't look like it in the game. Either way. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's had 10 plus points in every single game since week 5. And I think they could absolutely go ham up against the Colts. However, however, the Colts have been okay. They've been pretty solid up against tight ends. My bigger concern are the fact that the defensive backs for the Colts are so beat up. They're so beat up that Breeze won't have to use or put pressure on Jared Cook because his other guys can be wide open. There's also a concern that the New Orleans Saints do a little bit better on defense. They get up, and they're not going to have to pass their tight ends. right? They're going to be running the ball, so that's also another concern. But Jared Cook, you still have to play in quite a few lineups this week. On to my Lillette Blanc, the aperitif, the dashes, that little bit, that half an ounce that you have to put in. So you got two ounces of gin. You got one ounce of, of course, vodka, vodka. You've got one ounce of vodka. And then you have the half ounce of Lilette Blanc, the aperitif to kind of lighten it up a little bit, add a little bit more flavor. And these are just gonna be dashes of guys that you're gonna be playing because of either contrarian plays, or they're not going to be high ownership, or they haven't been producing, but they might have a chance to produce. And my first one is going to be Mo Alley-Cox, that former basketball player out of VCU. And I've been calling for him on several different weeks. He hasn't produced. And it's not like I'm expecting him to produce. Like I said, these are shots. Like these are random shots you're going to be taking that are not supposed to work. They're not supposed to work, but that's why nobody else plays them. So you got to take a shot every once in a while. And Mo Ali Cox with Von Bell and Kiko Alonzo, we already talked about it with Jack Doyle. Maybe they put a little bit more pressure on Jack Doyle, and they forget about Mo Ali Cox, who blocks the majority of the time. But this guy's the former basketball player. He has an insane arm length with a 36-inch reach. I could just see him having a monster game in the red zone, where they get in and they got to pass because they can't run up against New Orleans. They just can't do it. And so they have to go to the tight end off a play action think that they set up off Marlon Mack trying to pound it in there, and all of a sudden Mo Ali Cox, before you know it, ends up with 20 yards and two touchdowns, and he only costs you five grand. 5k, I think, is what his price is. Mo Ali Cox for me is a shot that I gotta take in a couple lineups. I gotta take it in a couple lineups. I'm not gonna be playing him in a bonus, although that's kind of intriguing, but still. Josh Hill, another guy. He had two red zone targets last week. I could see him having a good week if they're focused on Jared Cook. Ugh, I, I don't love it, but Josh Hill is somebody that you got to take a shot on. And then Dontrell Inman was just signed. He was signed because of the injuries. Dontrell Inman, who has produced in the past, I believe he played with the Chargers early in the season, had a good stat line. It was solid. He's probably going to be nothing. I don't even know if he's actually on, if he's going to be on FanDuel's. I don't know if they already updated it before the signing or not. But if Inman is in there, I am going to take a shot on him. Now, my favorite one, my favorite shot to take, not really, but I just want to talk about it. So I'm not really, this is not really my favorite shot to take. My favorite shot to take is Molly Cox or Josh Hill, but still Kershawn Hogan. It's a revenge game, baby. He played for the Colts. He's a New Orleans uh, receiver. He played for the Colts back a couple years ago. Hasn't really played since 2017. Signed up the practice squad for the New Orleans Saints. But this guy is actually a monster. And scouts love this guy, but he fell off. I'm not really sure why. I'm actually going to look into it when I'm getting done with this podcast as to why he fell off. But this guy is 6'3, 222 pounds, runs a 4'5'6'40 at 226'3. He's the size of a fucking tight end. A move tight end, but still. He has a, a 10.21 catch radius because of his reach, and in college, he broke out at age 19. My favorite thing about him is he just he looks just like Alien, who played that movie Spring Breakers with James Franco when he managed to piss off Riff Raff. Yeah, you remember that movie, Spring Breakers? Oh my God, yeah. So if you see Riff Raff catching passes on the field, you heard it first here, he's going to do it with the New Orleans Saints. Listen, the New Orleans Saints are looking for a number two wide receiver. And obviously, Traquan Smith has not broken out yet, although he's poised to. And Ted Ginn has kind of fallen off. So I'd be shocked if a guy that's 6'3 monster, who's getting snaps, by the way. He's been getting snaps. It's mainly been in run blocking, but he's still been getting snaps. If this 6'3 monster weighs 222, who can jump and has wheels on him. I mean, this guy has the prototypical profile of the primary receiver. Now, the reason why he might, might not have been getting snaps is because Michael Thomas has been injured. I mean, I'm sorry, Michael Thomas has been healthy. But, oh my God, like I still want to take a shot on him. His profile is insane. He had an early breakout age. He had like 18 yards per reception in college. And he just hasn't had a, sh- a shot. He has not had a shot yet. I just want to play him in one lineup just see what happens. It might be throwing money away, but I want to try it. I'd be so stoked if I can sit there and brag that I won a lineup. I won a significant amount of money with Riff Raff on my team. But his actual name, by the way, is Kershawn Hogan. Anyways, guys, we're going to talk about our last thing, and that's going to be guys that we don't want. And you serve a Vesper up. You serve it up. You can give him a martini glass. You know, You can do a, a small rocks glass. You're going to get a, a lemon wedge, right? Or I'm sorry, not a lemon wedge. You're going to get a lemon peel, and you're going to, Go around the rim. Give it a nice little accent. You know, some, some aromatics. And you do not want to use a, lem, a, a lemon wedge like I talked about. Just a lemon peel. So get that lemon wedge out of here. I do not want that in my Vesper. When it comes to ice, do not put ice in my Vesper and do not shake it. I do not need diluted vodka. Vodka already tastes like nothing. I want my gin to have flavor. I want to taste a lilette. Okay? So with that being said, Naeem Hines for me, who should have a decent size ownership. It is going to be a shootout, and when it's a shootout, he's going to out-snap Mac. He's going to do it. But the Saints have been extremely, extremely efficient up against pass-catching running backs. They've been winning in the majority of their games, so they've had to face pass-catching running backs. And listen, it hasn't been good for them. It has not been good for the pass-catching running back. Naeem Hines, for me, I think is going to be a waste of money, and he's a little bit too expensive. Actually, he's way too expensive for what I want to pay for a guy that might see the field if it's this condition of game and still might not get the targets because they want to push the ball downfield. I'm just not going to be playing Naeem Hines this week. And then Austin Doolin is the other guy. Austin Doolin, who these dynasty guys love, man. These dynasty leaguers, they love talking about Austin Doolin. His profile, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a big fan of Austin Doolin. I don't think he has the size. He needs to put on some weight. He needs to put some muscle on. He needs to get some some faster wheels. I mean, he's a tiny little dude. And honestly, Austin Doolin has potential to break out, but not yet. He's not close. He's still way, way underdeveloped. Austin Doolin, for me, is a waste of money. It's a waste of shot. I mean, you could say the same thing about Kershaw, but I like Kershaw. I'm, I'm playing Kershaw. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Go look him up. Go look up his picture. Just type in Kershawn. It's K-I-R-S-H-A-W-N. And tell me that you do not want to play this guy that looks like Riff Raff. If you haven't seen the movie, it's not worth watching. But you can look up clips. Like, it's so stupid. Pretty much uh, James Franco just makes fun of a rapper and the stories that he tells from time to time. But, yeah. Anyways. Guys, listen. That's going to wrap up the episode for us. Uh, If you want to go into defenses... Sure, uh, New Orleans Saints have potential for turnover. Uh, Malik Hooker could force some some turnovers from Drew Brees, but both these quarterbacks take care of the ball. Both these running backs take care of the ball. So I'm not going to see a ton of turnovers in this game. I'm probably not going to be playing either one of these defenses. I believe it is going to be a shootout, but you might want to take a shot with New Orleans potentially. When it comes to the kicker situation, uh, both kickers are viable, although I'm not going to see too much high ownership out of either one, uh, I guess you could say the the Colts was probably going to be a little bit more upside than the New Orleans Saints because the Colts don't really have that red zone option after losing Eric Ebron. So, yeah, I might go that route. But either way, listen, if you guys, guys want to know which lineups I'm playing, I will place three lineups like I talked about, three lineups that I'm going to be playing that have one money. They have one money, at least one of them, in each of the past four opportunities you have to play since we started this out. It's only 2 bucks, and you won your money back the week that you played that lineup. You won your money back every single week. It's been awesome. So you literally, not only do you get it pretty much for free, like you get your money back almost right away, but you also have multiple, multiple other lineups throughout the month that you get to play. I'm doing it for way too cheap, to be honest with you. The price is going to go up. It's going to go up next year. But I just want to get some people in there, and I want to try and get some people involved with what I'm doing. All right, I want people to see that I'm winning money every single week off this DFS. And I want you guys to be winning money too. So I'm giving you guys a chance to get in there at 2 bucks. 2 bucks a month, that's all it's going to cost you. Do it. Just do it. All right? If you guys want to listen to us on any other platform, we're available on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, Wahoo, and of course SoundCloud. And by the way, Wahoo is not an actual source. I'm just saying Wahoo like Wahoo. Huh. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook, we're on Facebook.com slash Fantasy Intervention. Oh, yeah. Fantasy football discussion. You guys are amazing. Keep those questions coming. Love you guys. All right. Didn't get to do a live show with you guys this past week, but I can't wait till I get to do a live show with you guys eventually in the future. If you guys have any questions for me, you guys can ask it on Fantasy Football Discussion. It's a Facebook page, or you can go to facebook.com slash Intervention once again and send us a message, or Patreon users get primary work or priority when it comes to me answering the questions. I will answer it as soon as I get the message, and I will answer it in detail, and I will have a conversation with you if you want to try and you know rebuttal my opinion. I don't mind. It's all good. It's all good. We're going to keep expanding, guys. We're going to keep growing. I'm really, really excited for everything that's going on. So, listen, I appreciate you guys for helping me grow. I appreciate you guys for listening. And thank you. Thank you so much for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. That's how you bang a podcast.